a guide to mental and emotional wellness, biblical wisdom, practical principles, clinical insight, by me, Dr. Jennifer Lundgren. Chapter 8, Perspective and Meaning-Making Quote, Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. Colossians 3.2 Quote, We don't see the world as it is. We see it as we are. Anais Nin One of the most powerful stories that I have heard comes from a 95-year-old psychologist named Edith Eager. I heard her story in a podcast interview. Edith is an Auschwitz concentration camp survivor. When she was 16, she was getting ready to go on a date with her boyfriend, and there was a knock on the door. At the door were Nazi soldiers, and within minutes, Edith and her family were on a train to Auschwitz. Her parents were murdered immediately upon their arrival. While on the train, Edith's mother said to her, Edith, remember that no one can take away what you put in your mind. Her first night there, she was asked to dance for the prison guards, and she remembered what her mother had said to her. She danced as if she were on a stage in Budapest. Edith lived through the atrocities of the concentration camp and was eventually rescued by an American soldier when he saw her hand move under a pile of corpses. Edith eventually became a psychologist and studied the mind and human behavior, but she reflected on her experience of Auschwitz with deep forgiveness. She said, I was not a prisoner there. In my mind, I was free. The guards were the prisoners. She also made the journey to Hitler's home in Germany, specifically so she could forgive him. Edith's story is incredibly inspiring, especially because it shows the power of our perspectives and the meanings that we give our experiences. Meaning-making is the idea that what a situation means to us is something that we can intentionally decide. Another Holocaust survivor, Viktor Frankl, states, We must never forget that we may also find meaning in life, even when confronted with a hopeless situation, when facing a fate that cannot be changed. For what matters is to bear witness to the uniquely human potential at its best, which is to transform a personal tragedy into a triumph, to turn one's predicament into a human achievement. When we are no longer able to change a situation, we are challenged to change ourselves. The language we use to describe ourselves and our circumstances is critical. Are you having a breakdown or are you having a breakthrough? It's truly a matter of perspective. Are you getting punished by God or challenged by God? I was recently doing a puzzle with my son, Jack, and he said, I can't do this. This is too hard. I said, it is hard, but it's a good challenge. Jack kept doing the puzzle. The word challenge automatically makes you reframe the situation into something that can be overcome. You feel the difference when you say, I can't do this, the situation is hopeless, versus, this is really hard, but I'm up for the challenge. 
I think what's important to understand is that shifting your perspective, meaning, and mindset does not deny pain or pretend that things aren't painful or hard. It's not just positive thinking, like walking out to a garden and saying, there's no weeds, there's no weeds, there's no weeds. Thinking there are no weeds will not take the weeds out of your garden. One perspective would be to say, there's too many weeds, I can't handle them all, I'm going to give up, versus... I have a lot of weeds in my garden and I'm overwhelmed. How can I get help in taking them out? There's a sub-facet of the wellness realm that has been deemed toxic positivity. You can picture it because this is likely generated by someone you follow online, whether it's an acquaintance or an influencer. This is the content that says, we never struggle, that everything is always perfect, that struggle is abnormal or not welcome. The phrase good vibes only, actually perpetuates this movement. Susan David, in her book, Emotional Agility, talks about toxic positivity and how it can lead to despair. People who feel the whole range of emotions feel like something is wrong with them if they aren't feeling good vibes only all the time. The goal isn't to feel positive all the time or to only have good vibes. The point is to be able to have perspective and to give your experience context. Reframing your situation. Reappraisal or cognitive reframing strategies are a way to reimagine whatever is triggering an emotional experience and then react to that new interpretation. The basic principles of reframing are that we consciously choose to view a situation in a way that generates the least negative emotion in us, or we attempt to take the perspective of the person who is activating us and assume the best intention. If you wake up and say good morning to your spouse and he ignores you, instead of thinking, what a jerk, think instead of what could be happening that caused him to respond in that way. Is he distracted? Did he hear you? Is he upset about something else? Assuming positive intent in people helps generate understanding and empathy in the situation instead of anger and resentment. There's many studies that looked at how the meaning participants gave a concept greatly changed their outcomes. There's an experiment conducted at a large business where, over the course of a week, they showed a video about stress to two groups of workers. The first group was shown a video that dis that discuss the harmful effects of stress. It's bad for your health, detrimental to job performance, and it's an obstacle to learning. The second group was shown a group of videos that contain the opposite message, that stress is good for health and it inspires better job performance as well as learning and growth. Participants who watched the three-minute stresses positive video three times a week had a significant reduction in negative health symptoms and an increase in job performance compared to those who watched the stress's negative video. Just having a negative or positive view of stress can shift our health outcomes in and of themselves. Another study at Harvard found that students who were asked to think of test anxiety as beneficial performed better on exams than a control group. Another experiment found that reframing anxiety as excitement was found to improve negotiating and public speaking skills. 
Reappraisal has been studied in fMRI measures of brain activity, and it dampens the activity in the part of your brain called the amygdala, the part of your brain that becomes activated when you experience strong emotions. It activates the lateral temporal cortical areas of the brain, which help modulate your emotional responses. Giving your experience a new meaning helps you process it in a different way. The Bible has amazing perspective when it comes to mindset and meaning making. Suffering is inevitable and universal, but how we respond to suffering differs. One of my favorite examples of this is in Romans 5, 3 through 5. The Apostle Paul writes, Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. When we're struggling, it's powerful to reframe our experience as helping us produce perseverance, character, and hope. This reminds me of the story of Jerry Coffey. Jerry was a pilot in the U.S. Air Force who was shot down and captured with two fellow soldiers. He was held as a prisoner of war for seven years in one of the most notorious prison camps in Vietnam. One of his fellow soldiers ended his life by suicide in the cell in Vietnam. The other got out after seven years and spent the rest of his life institutionalized in the U.S. Jerry says that while he was captive, he assessed his situation and he said to himself, I'm going to be here a while. How do I use this? He answered that question by praying every day and talking to God because he had no one else to talk to. He worked out in his cell and he strengthened his body. To stay mentally alert, he thought through every day of his life that he had lived thus far, and at the end of each day, he asked, What did I learn today? What did I learn today? In an isolated cell in Vietnam, where he was brutally beaten and his basic needs weren't met, Lieutenant Coffey found a way to grow stronger mentally, physically, and spiritually. He's a living example of his suffering producing perseverance, character, and hope. He also got out after seven years and said it was the most powerful experience of his life and that he wouldn't trade it for anything. He wrote a book about it called Beyond Survival. Similarly, Nelson Mandela spent 27 years in prison after receiving a life-in-prison sentence after fighting against apartheid in South Africa. He missed his children growing up and spent nearly a quarter of a century behind bars. When asked about his perspective in spending all that time in prison, his response was, I was preparing. He went on to win the Nobel Peace Prize in 1993, and in 1994, he became the first black president of South Africa. Many people have heard the concept of fixed versus growth mindsets. People with a fixed mindset follow an entity theory of self and believe important qualities such as intelligence and personality are fixed traits that cannot be changed. People with a growth mindset believe that these basic qualities are malleable and can be improved through learning and effort. 
Studies show that these beliefs have a profound effect on behavior. Children who believe their intelligence is fixed underperform in courses that they find difficult relative to those who believe they can improve their effective intelligence by working hard. After all, those who are open to change and believe that they can do better and that their efforts matter have a sense of agency over their performance and they rise to the challenge. So setbacks and failures don't keep them down and they persevere even when they're frustrated. We also know that one's mindset can be developed and shifted. People who have a growth mindset and who see themselves as agents in their own lives are more open to new experiences, they're more willing to take risks, more persistent, and more resilient in rebounding from failure. Reflection Break What are ways that you can develop a growth mindset? Question 2. What situations are keeping you stuck? What patterns of interaction or past situations are filling you with pain, anger, resentment, hatred, bitterness, and anguish? What are ways that you can reframe this situation? What ways can you grow from it? How can you use it to strengthen your faith? How can you glorify God with these struggles? Write out a situation that is keeping you stuck and a way that you can see it helping you grow stronger. With the reframing mentality, we have nothing to fear, even death itself. As Paul writes in Philippians 1.21, to live is Christ, to die is gain. If you'd like to purchase your copy of Jenna's book, just go to the Time of Grace store or click the link in today's episode notes. Thanks for listening.